0: Hi, my name is Heather Childs, and I am a
1: junior studying at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, everyone. My name is Rebecca Geisvert. I am a senior at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. I am originally from the Netherlands, which makes me an international student. I came to America for tennis. I play for the women's tennis team over there, so that's what brought me to America.
0: So the first time I heard about the coronavirus, I had just gotten back to Maryland from West Palm. I drove back. Uh, That's where my family is. And I had a little bit of time before the semester started for my study abroad in Florence, Italy. I was at home with my family and our exchange student, Oliver, and he's from China. And his family was actually telling him back in... December and January to buy masks. And honestly, I didn't think anything of it. Um, I was just so focused on the semester ahead and studying abroad in Florence, Italy that I didn't really think anything of it.
1: The first time I heard about the coronavirus was In February first case was found there in Austria and my parents were on vacation there so when I was facetiming with them they had to shorten their vacation and they had to fly home immediately and from that point I think a week later they found cases in the Netherlands as well and um, the Prime Minister um, s- created new rules for us took a many precautions and Every week they got worse and more. I still felt that in my home country there was so many, so many more cases that I should just stay in in Florida. Um, by then they also said that the temperature is higher there which makes it, um, which makes it less common for the virus to be there. So I've, I just felt safer there. Um, though the funny thing is that I set this on a Monday and on a Wednesday I booked my flight back home It was in an hour I switched my mind, it was crazy. The rate that everything escalated,
0: I just really don't know how to explain it. It's really hard to explain everything that was going through my head for the past month and a half. There was weeks where um, I was just adjusting to being there. When I first got there, that was my first time outside of the United States. And everything was new and slightly overwhelming, but, you know, an adjustment and a time for growth that I was feeling in myself. And, um, so weeks went by and there was a point where I finally felt settled, I guess, um, and I was looking forward to the rest of the semester. I made new friends just then and there, and, um, I was... At home, uh, I lived with, I think it was uh, five other girls. And one of them, who's from New York, told me, you guys won't believe this, NYU sent their students home. I didn't know what to think with that. I was like, okay, so something that I heard of before I even left, now NYU of all the schools is sending their students home. That led me to interview some students, myself, while I was in a break from class and kind of get their thoughts on it. They seemed nervous, but no one really seemed too afraid. It was kind of like, it felt bigger than us. It felt that this is not something that's going to happen. Like, there's no way that, you know, all of the schools are going to suddenly leave. And people honestly thought that NYU was overreacting, and I was honestly one of them too. I was thinking, just, I cannot imagine what those kids must be thinking right now. They just got here and now they're leaving. They must be so disappointed um, because it, there's a long process of studying abroad. You have to, you know, get a visa for Italy, you have to get your passport if you didn't have one before. There's a lot that needs to be done and it's a process. And then I cannot, I just couldn't imagine when they got there. You know, so soon just hearing, oh yeah, they have to leave. So, but little did I know back then that it would escalate even further than that. So, there was this one weekend and trying to piece exactly what day it was um, it's a little difficult but there was this one weekend where basically two thirds of my school um, they found out that they were being sent home that they had like 48 hours to go um, and these were people that I had just met that we talked about you know plans for the rest of the semester and I could see the excitement on their faces and um these people that I met they find out that they're leaving and um the reason I say it's two-thirds of the school is because they all went through the same program that kind of hosted the study abroad program not the individual schools and um it kind of happened over a weekend where it was just gray and cloudy and very rainy, and I heard people, um, whether that was like near the, the buildings or um, around Florence, and they would say, "This weather like matches my mood. Like I just feel so you know depressed right now." And at that time, I just felt. You know, upset for them that these people that I know that they have waited for this experience, and maybe they also this was their first time outside of the United States. You know, I was trying to imagine what they were going through, and I was writing my own articles, and you know, asking what they're they're thinking, and I was doing at the same time as saying goodbye to them, which was, I mean, just a a big challenge. You know, kind of processing. Oh, you know, there's going to be very few study abroad people here now because for a while like my school didn't say anything um about forcing us to leave and uh so then they had they were having classes normal and um the few other people from PBA they also had the same experience um that were studying abroad there um that there was either just them in the class with the professor or maybe a handful of other people and then we got an email from our advisor saying you know you can leave for a week you can leave italy for a week and then come back you just have to let us know where you're going if you're trying to evacuate for a week or um you know if you're planning on staying then you still have to go to class so I I stayed, and there was one class that was, like, two and a half hours long, and it was just me and the professor, and um, part of the time was just, you know, talking about, like, the coronavirus, and that's, it came up in every single class, and it was just very hard to focus on anything besides that.
1: My roommate, who's also from the Netherlands, she decided to fly home. And I was thinking to myself, wow, otherwise I'll be here all alone. Maybe things will get worse here as well. And maybe there won't be any opportunity for me to go home anymore. So at that time, uh, classes were already online. So I flew home on a Saturday. And I flew to Newark, which was something else. Because I just boarded for my flight and as soon as I wanted to enter the plane, um, the f- the flight attendant stopped me and was like, sorry, I'm on the phone right now with Newark Airport, and it looks like they are closing, so our flight might not departure. Um, this got through my nerves, of course, because I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to fly home anymore. Though luckily, they still let me in after 10 minutes of calling and then I flew to New York. While I was there, I was nervous because if they were closing the airport, I didn't know if my connection flight to Amsterdam would still go, but luckily it still went. I was on time, everything went well. It was an airplane full of Dutch people. Now this might sound normal to you guys, but most people that come to Amsterdam are all internationals, all tourists, but this time it was a plane full with Dutch people because everyone wanted to go home everything was very clean. Uh, The restrooms were super clean. They um, made sure that they invested a lot of time and hygiene on that. When I arrived at the airport, it was weird because I saw my parents and I didn't know if I was allowed to hug them. We just forget it. We just forgot about it. Actually, when I saw them, I just ran into them and I hugged them. Officially it wasn't allowed, especially not because I came from another country and they shouldn't hug me, but we still did. Um, When I got home, my brother was a little bit sick, so we decided not to um, be closer than six feet. And um, my aunt is a little sensitive. Her immune system is not that good. She's 66 years old, so I decided to keep my distance from her as well.
0: During the break in one of my classes where it was just my professor and I, um, he left the door open and he went out into the hallway and I could kind of hear that there was another professor there. And then I just heard like a girl crying and I was sitting in the classroom. And obviously I was wondering what it was, but then I just heard this girl, you know, sobbing because everyone that she met was gone and that she was in her apartment alone and she doesn't know what to do and all of this and just overhearing that and and feeling so sorry for her that like now she has literally nobody there with her like that is so stressful and then I just kind of sat there and, and waited for him to come back and then we had the rest of the hour lecture and I asked him what do you think You know, do you think that everyone's going to come back next week? Um, That there's going to be, you know, maybe half the amount of classes or half the amount of students here now? And he was like, I don't know. And I just, I don't even know how to put into words just how much up and downs there were every single day of just, you know, what's going to happen with this and that and um Thinking about it now and just, you know, being back in the U.S. now, it feels like it was just living in some sort of dramatic movie. Rashida, a girl who uh, graduated from PBA Journalism's program, she was interning at uh, the Palm Beach Post and um she reached out to me and she said, you know, what's, how are you doing and all of that? And I didn't know exactly what the story was going to be about, but she had, um, someone else that works there, um, interview us, me and Danielle, another girl from PBA about staying. Cause at the time we wanted to stay and, uh, our advisor actually, made it out to seem like we would be able to stay in the apartment and that even though other people were leaving that we could stay and if online or if classes do, you know, turn out to be just online that we can just stay there. The girls that did stay as long as I did, that, I mean, we just saw the city empty. We saw it, like, it really felt like one by one people were just being sent home and there was nothing we could do about it. for a while, I've just said, you know, I'm fine. Everything's good. You know, sometimes things happen that you don't expect to happen. But there was, there was a time where, you know, I was starting to think, okay, you know, maybe this isn't going to work out. Um, when, you know, almost all of the schools were sent home besides a few people and, um, at my school and, we were walking around, I say me and like another girl from PBA, um, and we were just talking. We were walking past the hospital there, and we saw that there was a, um, a tent, like a quarantine tent. And walking past that, it was kind of like a shock to reality of like, you know, this is happening. You can try and deny it and be in denial that everything's happening. But that's not going to do anything like this is a very serious thing there was a moment when i was just walking and the streets were already at that point very empty and i saw this old woman being wheeled on a um a hospital bed um into or out of an ambulance and my first thought was like i really hope that this old woman does not have covid and i don't know i just seeing it right there in front of me as I was walking by I think I had gotten breakfast or something it was like a crash into my reality that you can pretend like nothing you know the things aren't crumbling around you but this is this is out of your control there's nothing you can do and sometimes things happen that you just don't understand and um then when I um Walked around. Sometimes I saw a sign that said, "Like we're all in this together." Um, I posted that on my Twitter, um, just to kind of show what people show people what it's been looking like here, and um, and I guess in a way I was processing it by just saying, "This is what I'm seeing," and I was reporting on it, and almost numb to it. Uh, like I wasn't freaking out really. I was just very numb for a while and thinking, yeah, everyone's leaving, but I'm not going to leave. I don't think I have to leave. But um, then (laughs) things escalated even more.
1: Um, I'm home for longer than two weeks now. Uh, precautions are way more than it was before. Uh, we cannot be in public places for uh, for more than three people. If it is more than three people in a public place, then they can find us. They can give us a ticket, which can lead up to €400, Euros, which is about 450 to $500. Dollars. Um, if stores or shops are open that are not allowed to be open, then they can find the store for... I think 4,000 euros, which would be 5,000 dollars. And um, what a lot of stores do is they let three people in and they have a line outside and they mark um, the six feet. So you have to stand behind the mark in order to to stand in line. Um, I think the precautions in the grocery stores are very good. Um, the people that work in the grocery store wear vests and the vests say, please keep your distance from us. It's a vest that you normally see uh, on people that work on the road or s- something like that. It's very, it's orange, so you can see it from far ahead. The other thing they have is plastic plates in front of the cashier. So when you pay nothing, uh, the cashiers and yourself are protected from each other. For me, my for me, my parents. We have a pretty nice house. We have a big backyard, so it's nice for me to be here. Actually, I don't feel like I'm. I need more room or more space. I'm actually happy to be here now that I also know that things have gone worse in America. I wouldn't want to be there alone right now. I'm sure people would have taken care of would take care of me, but I would feel pretty obligated. I think, and in this situation, you just want to be home. So we still have classes online, which, is, which works really well for me. I can do it from here. The only thing is we have a six hours different from uh, Florida. So that means that when classes normally start at 3 p.m., I will be behind my laptop at 9 p.m. I think Palm Beach Atlantic is working really well. Personally, my professors have done great. Um, I can contact them very easily. They help me out with everything I need. I think that in this situation, you kind of have to bear with each other and accept that things are turned in late or that professors are late or that they forget about meetings or something. I think we all have to bear with each other. And um, yeah, so school is doing pretty good. What I do in quarantine, I work out a lot. I make sure I work out every morning and I still try to wake up early in the morning. I love to go to the sunrise in Florida, so I make sure I still go to the sunrise in the morning. We have a dog, so I can take my dog out and look at the sunrise. Um, after that, I do workout. I make sure I do that every morning. I think that in journalism, the challenges are pretty big because we're supposed to make video packages and everything, but we have to do it with our phones and with our laptops, and that's pr- basically all we have. So it's, it's a big challenge, but I do kind of like it. It's so weird being home for two weeks and not being able to see my friends yet. I haven't seen them. I've, I've called them, we've spoken, but I haven't seen them. And it's kind of weird to be here without being able to have them over or um, hug them, see them, talk to them. And the other thing, of course, I think it's, I'm trying to work out, I'm trying to eat healthy, is to keep my mind healthy as well. Sometimes you can get so alone and luckily my family is here so we play a lot of games at night and we keep each other busy in a way. So the last,
0: I'd say 48 hours or so was very stressful to say the least. There was a a point in time where I didn't know what country I was going to be living in. I didn't know whether I'd have to go home or not um, because PBA said, you know, no, we can't force you to get on that plane. We can't force you to leave. But now things are getting, you know, so much worse and things are closing there. And we, you know, really highly recommend you to leave. And so, what I was betting on is that I'd have a place to stay still, you know, the apartment that I paid for, that my family helped pay for too, um, through the school, that I would just stay there and do online classes there. But it just escalated even more when our advisor was like, So, actually, you can't stay here. Um, you know, you can't stay in the apartment anymore. Um, we're, you know, trying to work with your school and your school wants you to come home so we're not allowing that anymore and that was just at that point I was like oh man yeah that this is it I guess because that was the last hope like I'd still have a place to stay I wouldn't have to pack up everything in a matter of days and you know leave behind the the months that I thought that I would have had there and um so they they gave us a deadline, PBA gave us a deadline where they said, you know, you can either tell us that you're coming home and we'll, you know, schedule the flight for you and we'll pay for the change fee of changing it from May to, you know, two days from now. Um, or, you know, you'll have to figure that out yourself, including housing, everything else, insurance, all of that. And, um... They gave us a deadline of, like, that night, and um, I remember just sending the email, going back and forth, shaking, because I was like, I, I I actually looked into how I could possibly stay, and my brain was like, oh, maybe just, you know, an Airbnb, it'll be fine. I was in this, like, daze of, you know, no, I, I don't, I'm not going, I'm not going, um, and then. I just talked to my family and everyone was like, I'm so sorry, but there's really no way. There's no way anymore. And you know, there's nothing that we can do. You're gonna have to come home. I think it was like an hour later after I sent the email saying, okay, like I'll come home. They, The school in Florence sent out an email saying like, no one can stay here. You all have to, to go back. So I was very thankful that I said, you know, I'll go back even if it was at the very last minute and then um so it kind of kicked in this like adrenaline rush of I am actually going I have to pack up everything and move back to my home country in a matter of 48 hours and all of um the other roommates left food and other things because they thought we were staying and We had to clean the whole apartment and just, you know, shove everything back in our suitcase and get on the plane. But then it escalated again. My flight left at around 6 a.m. So we had to, um, our advisor uh, told us that we can't take the trolley to the airport anymore because they're not running it won't and it also wouldn't be enough time. So she arranged for us to get a taxi to come pick us up at four AM exactly, um, to go to the airport. So it was an early flight and I stayed up until probably two AM packing, cleaning, making sure everything was ready to go. And it's around three AM I'm asleep and I get a call from my brother, um in a panic saying, Heather, you're not going to be able to come home. Um, I just read this article about, uh, Trump putting a, um, ban on travel from Italy for the next 30 days. I don't know what you're going to do. And all I could say is Austin, you know, I'm trying to get maybe one hour of sleep. Please just let me figure this out. I'm going to try to go to the airport anyways and see what happens." And then turns out that that ban wouldn't have started. The flight was on Thursday and the ban started on Friday. So we were able to get on the flight and I mean, that's the way that it went. There's nothing I can do to change that now. And we got out of there and we flew into uh, Boston after that. That was just another situation. So the school told everyone that they had to self-quarantine for two weeks. And I just had this instant fear of, I don't know where I'm going. Thankfully, another girl that was studying abroad, Danielle, um, she said, hey, if you don't have anywhere to go, you can come with me. And it was me and a girl named Chloe and Danielle. We all went on the same flight um, from Florence to Boston in new hampshire her family has a house by the lake there and she was like this will be you know a good place i think to you know kind of be away from everybody but also kind of process what the past two weeks have been like so i agreed and i was thankful for that because i don't have to be you know at a hotel by myself for two weeks in isolation um but that thought did go through my head it was a lot of time just Processing everything and um, kind of finishing up some of the articles that I had worked on before, and not allowing myself to think of, oh, what could have been? You know, what would have happened if we were able to stay? What would have happened if coronavirus hadn't been a thing? And, you know, what will I learn from this? And honestly, I would say that there was a point in time where I took being there for granted. And Um, the people that I met there and I just you know wish I could go back and relive it all over again but at the same time I was you know thankful that I was back and safe and there were so many people that were worried about me and I was able to tell them you know I'm okay. What went through my mind a lot while in isolation was the fact that I Wasn't sure if I was going to get any of a refund. Um, Basically, the apartment in Florence, I knew it was just sitting empty. That's been just another stressor, as I think other college students can relate, of, you know, thinking, okay, but am I getting any housing money back? Like, what's what's next? Especially because jobs are not looking great right now, and... um, there's just a lot of changes going on.
1: I would say for everyone to keep working out, stay healthy and uh, talk to your family if you're with them, have fun with them. Even though this time is so hard and frustrating and everything, I think What helps for me is the thought that literally everyone's dealing with this in a negative way. Everyone has a negative effect from this. And so for me to complain about it and to be sad about it just doesn't make any sense because you're not the only one. And it kind of gives me power and courage in a way that everyone's dealing with this and that we have to go through this together. I think we have to meditate. I think we have to pray and um, stay positive because That's all we have right now, and we might as well hold on to it. They have a saying in the Netherlands that says, hope springs life, so let's stay hopeful and let's stay positive, and I hope everything will be good.
0: Being home has just made me realize that there's so much more out there, and while the world is honestly struggling right now with everything that they're just we need to all hold on to this hope of like things will get better and we just have to do what we need to do and um i guess i've been trying to think of it that way um and and trying to stay positive with it which you know i think everyone can relate that it can be a little bit difficult but um you know i guess i guess things happen unexpectedly so I will never forget this experience, and I'll look back on it. And you know, I've definitely learned a lot from it. And I've learned that in times of panic and you know stress, that there is always something to be grateful for. There's always something to you know hold on to, and um, you know, it has to. It's encouraging to know that okay. Even when things are very rough, like we just have to keep moving forward. And so that's what I've been trying to do.